Well, and here's another aspect of it for me. I I do feel like, and maybe it's a personality thing, but I'm really good at taking care of everybody else around me. Like I take a lot of pride in caring for my husband and for my kids and for our home and my neighbors and my community. And a lot of times I put those things ahead of taking care of me. And I feel like the the opportunity to set a resolution or to set an intention is just a, a cyclical time every year that comes along that I can rebalance and say, where have I not taken care of Claire? Where does Claire need some, some help? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Advice Not Given podcast for episode 23. Today, Kelly and I are talking all about New Year's resolutions, but this may be a conversation that you aren't expecting it to go the way it may go because Kelly and I have very differing viewpoints on whether or not to have New Year's resolutions, why we should have them or why we shouldn't have them. So we're going to dig into all of that today. But Kelly, you are definitely in the camp of no resolutions. Can you tell us why or like what motivates you to be so averse to them? Because I'm, and I'm here today, what is it? February 15th ish when this airs, I'm going to rub it, not February, January 15th. Um, I'm going to rub it in all y'all's faces that you probably already fallen off your wagon. (laughs) I have literally never been able to keep a resolution, therefore typically don't make them. Um, It's just not an expectation that I want to put on myself because I don't want to see the failure out the back end of it. (laughs) So um, if you have fallen off, uh, we're here for you, but can't say I didn't tell you. So, right. (laughs) So the way you explain this, it makes it sound like at some point in your life, though, you have tried and it's the result of not feeling successful at it. Am I getting this right? That that's why you Mm -hmm. choose not to. Or you just feel like you're kind of a rebel against like the culture saying, oh, it's January. It's time to make yourself awesome. The way I think of it is like Valentine's Day, right? It's a commercial holiday. And I know that they are like raking in money, hand over fist, and all these yuppies that want to buy Valentine's Day cards and chocolates, right? right? I know that. It doesn't keep me from buying Valentine's Day cards. Occasionally, I'll buy it for the kids because they enjoy it. But I also know it's a made-up holiday and it's ridiculous and we all fall for it, right? So I feel like resolutions are kind of like that. So I probably participated in making, quote unquote, a resolution. Like, I wonder, actually, I should have done this. Like, go back through my Facebook. Back when you used to say, like, your status was your name and then your status was right. is thinking about dinner tonight. Right. <laughs> so I wonder if I haven't done it in the past. I probably kind of like flippantly thrown out a maybe a goal, but no, it is not my thing. I do not do the the <laughs> the vision boards. I know we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> and I, now I don't see anything wrong with it. It's just not it's not my jam. Um I don't know why. I don't know why, but no, I've not been burned to answer your question. So, okay. Tell us, tell us what your thoughts are. (laughs) Obviously I'm like the, like I love, I live, I would say I live for New Year's because I love a fresh start, but I also (laughs) have other times throughout that like I was telling Kelly as a teacher back to school is also like another New Year's for me because it's a fresh Mm -hmm. planner. It's a fresh um, opportunity to like start again and be better than you were before. And it's not that I think that I'm just constantly in need of like 
so much self-improvement, but I do subscribe to the idea that we can improve upon like where we are in life and in many areas. And um, I also think that if you aim for nothing, you hit nothing. But if I aim for something and I may not get right there at the bullseye, but I at least get close, I'm a lot closer than I would have been if I hadn't started or if I hadn't tried. Um, I gave the example of a savings goal, for example. Like maybe I set a goal to save $20,000 and by the end of the year, I haven't saved 20, but I've saved 10. Well, I've saved $10,000 more than if I hadn't set the goal or monitored it or checked in with it. So that's kind of my thought. Um, I, I see all of the the reasons not to. And I, I know all of the pressures of, you know, failure if you aren't living up to what you set out to do. But again, I, I keep it, I guess, in a perspective where I don't feel like I'm letting myself down. It's just kind of fun for me. It's always been a fun way for me to like track the days and have a goal. Or so you're not like, yeah. So I think that's huge. So you're not just definitely like totally devastated um, no. when you fall. So, and here's the thing too, like I was, I've, I was just telling Claire a minute ago, we've, we talked about on our episode and it's eat better, not, I was going to say eat more, um, eat better that we did in December. And we were talking about diets and all these different things. So as I mentioned during that episode, I've kind of inadvertently been doing this intermittent fasting sort mm-hmm. of, um, eating habit. That's kind of how I've always eaten. I just don't eat breakfast. So anyway, I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Let me look into it and let me get better at it and whatever. So I've joined all these groups on Facebook and whatnot. And sure enough, you know, because it's, it's January now, everyone has joined the groups, you know, they've rushed in because it's like the new hot thing. And already I'm seeing people like, you know, at 11 o'clock at night posting, oh, I just had a cookie. I'm such garbage. I'm worthless. I can't even do this. And people are trying to reassure them and, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so people are hanging so much onto it. You're going to make mistakes. We're human. We're going to get stressed out. We're going to slip up. You know, we're going to we're going to fall off of whatever wagon it is that we're we're riding on at the moment. So it's like, okay, you got to have the healthier mindset. Forcing yourself into a habit doesn't create the healthy mindset that got you there in the first place. So I think it probably just has a lot to do with the angle at which you approach things. And also being able to say, oh, I don't do resolutions is totally my crutch for (laughs) not having to be held accountable for stuff. I (laughs) I recognize that. It's totally fine. Well, and I understand like there's a, a side of my personality too that like balks at things that I feel like society wants me to do or like expects mm-hmm. of me. So I, I totally get that from it. But um, I think for me, I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I, I don't assign any of my worth to whether or not like I check the boxes. It's literally just like a fun, a fun thing. Like I want to try to read 20 fiction books this year. What if I if I don't read twenty but I read ten, I've read ten great fiction books. Yeah, so like that, yeah. it just feels it feels like a lighthearted, fun, fun thing to do. And um we also want to say that like we're using the word resolution here, but many people may have another word that they substitute for that. They may call what they do at the beginning of the year setting an intention. Or I know several mm-hmm. people that choose a word for the year and like they kind of let that be the word that gives some focus to their thought life or their actions. So have you ever done that even? Have you kind of picked a word or? I have, you know, I haven't, but I really do love that idea. Like, and I know people that they are very like 
adherent to that. You know, right. it's almost like a mission statement that they yeah. continually, and you're one of them, continually checking back to make sure that it's aligning with your, you know, intention for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one friend who did the year of yes, yeah, and the year of no, you know, mm-hmm. like just as a pri- And, you know, she probably wasn't super strict with it, every single thing that came along, but it was still kind of something in the back of her mind, like, right. oh, is this, is this going to be what I'm committing to? this year. Like I've made this commitment to myself this year. So I I think it's, I think it's great. I just know I haven't been that stern with following any sort of like, I guess, programming, it seems Mm -hmm. to me is the word that's, that's sticking out. So, you know, and maybe that's something I just haven't been able to achieve and I'm, I'm secretly jealous of people that can stick to it. (laughs) Well, and here's another aspect of it for me. I, I do feel like, and maybe it's a personality thing, but I'm really good at taking care of everybody else around me. Like I take a lot of pride in caring for my husband and for my kids and for our home and my neighbors and my community. And a lot of times I put those things ahead of taking care of me. And I feel like the, the opportunity to set a resolution or to set an intention is just a, a, cyclical time every year that comes along that I can rebalance and say, where have I not taken care of Claire? Where does Claire need some, some help? Does she need to be getting her heart rate up more? Does she need to be very um, methodical about scheduling well woman health visits? Like where, where do I need to take better care of me? Because I sometimes seem to get lost in the shuffle of the year. If I'm not setting aside like some intentional time to think that through. Absolutely. So how do you track, um, as someone who is a professional at this, um, and an expert, dare I say, um, how do you, Claire, track your baselines and your goal setting? And then how do you revisit that, say, you know, January 1, 2021? God, that's crazy. Um, when you go back next year and you're looking, hey, well, okay, let me back up. What's your resolution, quote unquote, for this year? And then how are you going to measure that come next okay. year? Okay, well, I want to call a couple of things out here. So you've all probably heard the acronym SMART. Um, It's in reference to goals, and that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Timely, that acronym. And so um, several, several years ago, I started following someone named Gretchen Rubin, and she's kind of a Mm -hmm. habits and happiness expert. And Mm -hmm. every year that you know, that I followed her, she does these little, you know, 16 habits or 16 goals for 2016 or 18 for 2018. So this year I'm doing the 20 for 20 and I am actually tracking those um, in my Instagram story highlights. I've made a little highlight for each one. And as I'm working through, I'm just adding it there. Um, I like the external accountability. For example, one of mine is to cook 20 new crockpot recipes this year. So I have a little highlight folder for my recipes. And like, as I make a dish, I'll get a little picture of it and put it in that highlight folder. Um, Cool. But beyond that, I've done it in a notebook. I have, um, you know, kept it in my planner. It's, it's just whatever works for you. Um, But yeah, I try to pick things that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Like a lot of science would tell you that like, you can't just say like, oh, I want to lose weight or, oh, I want to be better with money. Like you have to make it something that can be measured and checked. 
That's like, uh, what is the budget? It's YNAB. Do you ever, have yeah. you heard of YNAB? Budget. It's like a budget mm-hmm. tracking. It's you need a budget. Um, I've used that before and they do a lot of behavioral sort mm-hmm. of um, learning processes in there and they'll give you smaller things to check off, you know, like right. because you need the small wins and you need to be reminded that you're doing good yeah. <laughs> and just keep at it. So, oh, that's so, I love the idea of Instagram too. And I've seen, I track your stories like crazy um, and I love how interactive yours are too. And y'all, if you're not doing this, if this is something that interests you, um, it's really cool because Claire puts these uh, like questions or like, tell me your secrets or your recipes or your whatever. And you have like a flood of people that always seem to comment and like, <laughs> and, they're, and they're getting ideas. For, I get ideas from you. I think I saved a recipe the other day, like, oh, or right. something. And I was like, and your book list and things like that. So put yourself out there, guys. Like there's yeah. accountability there too. There is. Um, that probably helps a lot. So. Yeah. And there's another person I follow. Her name is Elise Kripe and she's actually a military spouse and she has all kinds of like like behavior tracking stuff and habit stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she puts out, if you subscribe to her newsletter is a habit tracker and it all fits on one Mm -hmm. little page. And that talking about like a specific and measurable goal. Here's another example. I realized that like, while I do take a lot of walks outside and consider myself active, I realize I don't get my heart rate up very much. So I set a goal Mm -hmm. to have 150 visits to a treadmill or a, Um, an elliptical machine where I could track on my Fitbit if I'm getting my cardio rate up and I just bubble it in. Like every time I go do a workout, I bubble it in. Well, that's giving me feedback on that sheet. Like, are you measuring the specific thing? Because I couldn't just say like, well, I need to, you know, get more cardiovascularly fit. Well, okay. Then what? Like, that's a, a great idea, but having this little habit tracker has given me like a visual to help Measure I it. did do bullet journals once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I drew it. Oh, I was so labor intensive though, because you have to like draw everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I got into like the Pinterest version of the bullet right. journals. If you guys haven't looked this up, look up like the hashtag Bujo, like yeah. B-U-J-O. <laughs> It's crazy, but so I I was into this for a little while, um, and I did like water intake, and I would draw mm-hmm. my little water drops and like color those in. It lasted for like three weeks, but um, <laughs> it was really cool. I mean, there's something about like marking it off and like seeing that check mark. But I will say, I'm definitely one of those people that if I get more than like two empty ones in a row, I'm like, well, screw it, forget it, you know. Yeah. Forget it. Mm-hmm. I had a fifth. No, I had a thirty-six week streak on my Peloton because it tracks that. So again, they know this is this is effective. Yeah. Like this is a way to to track things. And I had like all these little bubbles where it was counting my streak, and I missed a week. I think it was the week that Andrew left. <laughs> missed a week. Thought I was. I thought the week started on Monday, and I guess it started on Sunday. Oh, anyway, no. threw my whole streak off, and it took me like forever to get back on the bike. Literally. <laughs> Because I was like, oh my God, I'm, I lost my streak. Yeah. So now I just, if, what's, like, why is life worth living if I've broken my streak? Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. just give it, sell the bike, burn it. It's over. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. for me, like you were saying with the bullet journal and the coloring and all that, like I think it does speak to a certain type of person who sees this maybe as a, a means of like letting out some creativity or, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's how my brain works. And I know we've got a little bit of data that, what did we say? 40% of people, I think it is, have resolutions. 
10% mm-hmm. of people keep resolutions. And at that, like most of them are done by the end of January, like just yep. done. So. I, there's just so much momentum and too much hype around it. So yeah. if we did resolutions in like September, you know, I think it might be different. I mean, I think it's, again, it's fun. It's a cultural thing. It's a phenomenon. You know, it happens. It has a lot to do with the ending of a year and the whole mentality around new beginnings and fresh starts. Um, but the reality is, is that you have to change your habits, like behaviorally, not actually what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, so I read something just a little while ago about, um, people that are trying to quit biting their fingernails, for example. Um, you can't just stop biting your fingernails. It's really hard. It's really hard to do. What you need to do is figure out what the environmental cue is that's causing you to bite your fingernails. So are you stressed out? Do you get road rage and you're like biting your nails in the car while you're driving? And if you do, okay, put a sticky note on your steering wheel that alters, you still get the behavioral or the environmental cue, but it alters your behavior. Put a sticky note on your steering wheel that says, do you know what's underneath your fingernails right now? Mm. (laughs) Like how dirty. And maybe you'll reach for a stick of gum instead. So like you got to go a little deeper than just lose weight or be more organized or, you know, I don't know, what even are resolutions? What's read more books, whatever. Like well, that's not a bad habit you want to break. I guess this is more for bad habits, but still you want to figure out what the things are that are causing you to kind of veer off course and that you want to change and change them at the root instead of, you know, farther down the road. Which I would say to piggyback on that, the same is true of habits you want to add in or changes you want to make that are positive. Um, I think it's very important to get to the root of why. Well, why do I want to add more cardio into my week? What's because I overall want to be healthy and I want to be around for my kids a long time. Mm. And I realize at 42, if I am not attending to the needs of my body, then, you know, I may not be around. So I think just as much as you have to get to the heart of like why you're biting your fingernails or fill in the blank, what those emotional cues are, why are you wanting to improve too? And so for me, it, it's, it kind of goes back to that whole piece of like being self-reflective and like what kind of life are you wanting to, to live? And therefore, if you want, you know, X, Y, and Z in your life, well, then what do you do, need to do in order to make that true of who you are? Yeah. Another example they give just to reiterate on the environmental cues versus behavioral actions um, is as soon as you get up turn your alarm clock off and very quickly put your workout clothes on. Mm -hmm. Or I've even heard of people going to sleep in their workout clothes. They have no excuse. And I'm literally guilty a thousand percent of I'm going to work out in the morning, but then my day gets away from me or I'm still in pajamas and then I got to rush and do the next thing. Or I got dressed in the wrong outfit, ready to go out for the day instead of work out. Like it's this whole thing. So, but if you just get into a habit that you can Mm -hmm. easily do, just put on workout clothes, It'll alter your behaviors because you'll be primed and like ready for whatever activity it is that you need to try to reinforce. So. Right. Well, you're not having to rely on your will to do something. It's mm-hmm. just second oh. nature. Also, making it automatic is another mm-hmm. huge uh, just part. And again, getting up, putting workout clothes on, there's no commitment there. It's literally just a different choice that you're making with your wardrobe, right? Um, so it might... After a while, once you've started to increase your your cardio and you're getting better sleep because you're working out, there's going to be this ripple down, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause and effect of like be, getting healthier sleep and being a healthy version of yourself. Then you can actually start pushing your alarm clock up if you want, you know, and waking up a little bit earlier. Maybe you want to get a longer workout in than you had planned on. And it's not going to be as hard of a decision 
when you're already kind of starting to get accustomed to that as a habit. Um, right. I have a friend, Liz, and she had a habit last year that she knew she needed to go to the gym more often. She just wasn't getting it done at home. And so instead of making this big rule that she had to go work out or do 30 minutes on an elliptical, she just made the rule for herself, just drive over to the gym, just get dressed and drive over there. And she Hmm. said, even if she just sat in the parking lot, like she had, she had done what she set out to do, which was just drive over to the gym. Well, 90% of the time, once she was there, she went ahead and got out of her car and went in and exercised. (laughs) But it was like a low, it felt like a low stakes way to keep up with something she was aiming for, but not putting so much pressure on herself to do this huge workout or go be social or go to a fitness class. It was just, just drive over there. And that felt low, low stakes. But then when she was there, she was dressed, her kid, you know, she was ready to put her kids in childcare. She went on in and did a workout. And I thought that that was kind of genius. Like that's a, a great way to look at it. I like that. That would be crazy though, to like get dressed, get your kids dressed, get them to the gym, go to the parking lot and turn around and go home. <laughs> So yeah. it's like some cost at that point. You're like, yeah, I'm already here. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So another thing too that um, this one specific article I wanted to touch on was uh, go ahead and identify what your barriers are going to be mm-hmm. um, and kind of envision failure, right? Yeah. Like go ahead and like you're going to relapse. You're going to fall off. It happens. We're human. So the more the, – the easier it is for you to go ahead and identify what your barriers are. So, you know, what is it? Is it the phone ringing? Is it answering your email? Maybe my barrier. Okay, here's a barrier. I get up in the morning and I jump on Facebook and I jump on social media and I jump on my email before I'm upstairs at my desk, right? So then all of a sudden I've got fires to put out or I've got things I feel like I need to respond to or I just fall into the time suck of the internet. Right. And then I waste away the time that I could have spent doing the thing that I'm trying to do, right? The healthier thing. So if that's a barrier for me, then maybe I need to put limits on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I keep my phone upstairs on my desk, right? Or, you know, whatever it is back to, you know, incentive bundling and all that good stuff. We could, you know, talk about that forever, but you've got to figure out where your failure points are and go ahead and envision what does that look like? What does right. failure look like? Um, so that you can craft a more successful way around the barrier um, when it does pop up because it will. Yeah, I love that. And again, I've mentioned Elise Kripe already, but um, her newsletter that came out today, and you know, as we were recording this, it's January 9th, but nine days in, her newsletter was like, you know what, if you've already messed up on a goal you've set for yourself, so what? Like, it's your goal. And like, if you decide now you need to scrap it, or if when you made that goal at the end of December, it sounded like a good idea, but you're seeing that it's not really fitting into your weekly rhythm go ahead and mark it off your list. Like nobody cares. It's all, it's your call to make. And there's no shame in saying, yeah, I thought this was going to be something I was interested in, but I don't think now's the time. And I think having that permission helps, I don't know, it just helps mentally for you to be able to say goodbye to something that maybe even before it gets started, you can just say, you know what, not for me, not for right now. And that's okay. Right. Oh, yeah. I love that. So, Actually, this is kind of a random rabbit hole that I fell down earlier. Something that was not related to this. I didn't find this in research for this topic, but I feel like it kind of does relate. I was looking, um, I was reading on Medium and this guy had written an article about Bruce Lee and some of his training practices. And there's a quote in here about or from Bruce Lee that says, like everyone else, you want to learn the way to win but never to accept the way to lose, Right to accept defeat, to learn to die is to be liberated from it. 
So when tomorrow comes, you must free your ambitious mind and learn the art of dying. I know that makes me sound dark and creepy. No, I love it. But here's my thought. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's like training for all potential outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be positive. You want to fake the funk, right? You want to have this like really bold, audacious attitude about everything we approach in life. I mean, that's confidence one-on-one, right? Like power posturing and envisioning Mm -hmm. yourself successful. And you have to, you have to have some positivity in your bank. Otherwise, like what's the point, right? right? But you also have to be ready and willing to learn how to fail, um, because I mean, really, there's no innovation without failing, right? right. Like if everyone just succeeded all day long, <laughs> then you know that would be pretty boring. Um, and this is going to be a harder thing for some type personality types to grasp and grapple with than others. Um, I kind of love this idea because I've always, because I'm, and you probably do this too, Claire, because I'm in the head triad of the mm-hmm. Enneagram. I'm always kind of like imagining, right? Like in thinking of what are the other scenarios? How else does this play out? Kelly, am- I'm a six. This is like our <laughs> kryptonite. Like, what's the absolute worst thing that could happen? Let me prepare for this now. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, so now I'm curious, actually. So instead of just envisioning worst case scenario, do you actually put yourself and play yourself through the scenario? Yes. Like, do you prepare for how to handle things? Um, yes. Yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. What does that look like for you? I don't want to share like what's <laughs> coming to mind <laughs> right away, but I will say that I, it's not just a mental like, oh, you know, what if that happened? But it's carrying it to like, mm. therapists might call it catastrophizing, but it's like you carry oh, yeah. it to the very end, darkest timeline, worst case. Um, and then like in your head, like you have a plan and like, mm. yeah, I, I really am not going to share some of the things because people would be like, oh, honey, you need to probably go check in somewhere and live there for a few months. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I feel you. And I think I probably know where you're headed with that because I think we do it as a product of the lifestyle that yeah. we live and the, yeah. the jobs that our husbands have. But yep. um, do you watch This Is Us? Did you ever watch that show? I watched the first couple of seasons. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Randall, who I'm convinced is, is an this- Enneagram one. Oh, y'all okay. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And his wife, Beth, mm-hmm. I don't actually, I don't know what her type is, but they do this, they're a couple and they do this thing. Um, and I freaking love it. They'll be stressed out. Right. And they do, they play a game. They're like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Like, what's the worst thing that happens? Um, they're trying to make a decision. They're trying to make a parenting call. They're trying to, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to like decide between. They're having this discussion, trying to figure out the outcome, and they just start tossing out worst, most morbid, horrific case scenario. You know, mm-hmm. okay, worst thing that happens, this, this, and this. And they're like, ouch, that is dark. And then the other one will go, and it's even worse than the first one. And they they almost like award who got the worst thing. Right. And by then they're calmed down. They've calmed down. They've reorganized. They've regrouped. And they're like, okay, cool. Anything less than that? We can handle. Well, since since you mentioned Beth from um, This Is Us, Ryan and I actually saw the Mr. Rogers movie on Saturday and she is in that movie. And that that has nothing to do, you know, she doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying other than it brought that movie up. But there is a line. Have you seen it yet? Uh-uh. Well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but there is a line that Mr. Rogers says, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but he talks about how we're afraid of death and we're afraid to talk about death. Mm-hmm. And he says, death is hum- to, to die is human. And he said, anything that is human is mentionable. 
and anything that is mentionable is manageable. And I'm like tears flowing because I'm like, that is the truth of life. It really is. There's so many things you could fill in the blank, you know, death or any other thing. But these things are part of us being human and anything human we can mention and we can talk about. And if we can talk about it, then we can manage it. And so not to get too in the weeds on what you were saying, but isn't that great? I love it. I love this direction. I know this is not where we plan to go, but I kind of love it. Um, So I love a, first of all, what validation that must be for you as someone who lives in that space. Yep. Um, so I think that's beautiful. I don't feel as attached. So my virtue is non-attachment. So I can envision these things just like you can, but I don't feel attached to them. Right. Like it, to me, it's like watching something else play out, right? So right. A, how important that is for us and specifically to teach our children. Like, no, we can talk about hard things. We can talk about dark, scary stuff. It's yeah. fine. It's okay. It's going to help prepare us. We don't have to – like. I'm all about the positive attitude, right? Like I'm all about the silver lining because you can't you can't live your life moping around, right? No. You have to try to figure out what the best is in a scenario, but you also have to hold in your opposite hand all of the hard stuff too. Right. Um, so teaching people to like recognize that and not attaching shame to it or any fear or anxiety and just um, everyone kind of embracing the hard stuff together. Oh, right. it's so cool. I love that. It oh. is. Well, and it's, I'm circling back eventually here to this idea of failure, <laughs> which is what we're bringing up about why <laughs> resolution can be so right? <laughs> problematic, but we, we're afraid of failure. And I think, um, Yeah, I think Mm. there is nothing to fear. And in fact, in our previous episode where we were talking about what we're taking with this from 2019, I shared about how I learned I don't really feel like I'm called to be a fourth grade teacher, but I never would have known that if I hadn't taken the the chance and said yes and thought, why not? And so um, even if you fail at something, it doesn't mean that it's ultimately a failure. Definitely doesn't mean that you are a failure. It means that you tried something and now you know it's given you information, it's given you feeling, it's given you ideas, and you move on from that. So, yeah, because I mean, think about all the things you wouldn't try if you were scared yeah. of failing. I mean, look at yeah. me, who doesn't make resolutions, and I, <laughs> there's so many things. So let's that I don't let's even try know. here a minute. What what is it? Are you afraid of Kelly? Why are you afraid to have a New Year's resolution? Tell us. Well, yeah, <laughs> funny. No, so who? Oh, I was talking the other day on an interview. I was um chatting with this uh, lady. Her name's Kaylee Brown, and she started this thing called Military Wild. It's actually really cool. You would actually mm-hmm. agree with it. Um, I follow them it, on Instagram. I love it. Hey, yes. Follow them on Instagram. They are they're, They post the coolest photos. She's in Guam. They're, um, they kind of started in Guam out of based out of isolation, essentially. They kind of created this group of women got together. They're like, we're going to go hiking. We're just going to mm-hmm. go spend time outside. Um, and they did and they do now and they have like organized hikes and meetups and it's, it's essentially a social group. Um, but they're working on getting, you know, their nonprofit certification and all this stuff. And they've branched out into like 12 different locations now. So there's a military wild here at Fort Bragg. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know where they hike or what they do, but I'm like, I'd love to, I love it in theory, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can commit to it. And I don't know if I really want to be outside. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So that's something that gives me pause and hesitation. Um, but that's but not something to question that, that because that's just self-awareness knowing that you may not, it may not fit for you right now. So that isn't all I bad. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no real, like, there's no real resolution that I would say I'm like afraid of. I mean, if I said I'm going to run 10 miles a day, like that's a given, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, even like, so I like what you said about doing your workouts 
you're counting up to 150. You're not counting three times a week or five times a week. You're not giving yourself a deadline or are you? Are you giving yourself a deadline? Well, I know that if I need to hit 150 or want to hit 150, that roughly shakes out to about three times a week. Okay. But... But there's grace in that. And like, if I miss a week, like I can, I can get it in. And again, if I don't get 150, but I get a hundred, that's a hundred workouts where I've gotten my heart rate up into the cardio zone and it's Mm. good. I like that. Yeah. And so again, back to Peloton, I'm sorry, you guys, (laughs) but they do the milestones and it's not based on a a time, like a time length. It's based Mm -hmm. on how many rides you get. And it's actually not even based on the quality of the ride. Like a lot of people, I think cheat. Fighting oh, yeah. people say, like, oh, it's not too, you know, it's not really riding. They'll do like a warm up ride and that counts as a ride um, towards your mi- milestones. But, you know, it's still a way to mark them off and it's, it's something to celebrate. So people do like, oh, I'll buy a new workout outfit after I hit 100. Or for my 250th, I'll take a trip to New York and do the yeah. in studio ride or whatever. Like, so I think it's great because they're attaching and, and bundling things together um, in order to recognize meeting that goal versus kind of like staying super strict to a calendar that if they make a human mistake, they have failed on the challenge. Right. Um, talking to you, whole 30. Good Lord. It's so yeah. <laughs> They're so strict. They're like, Oh, you're off your, you're off your plan if you miss one day. And so to this day, I'm the girl that did whole 28 and yeah. I call that a win because I couldn't quite get over the finish line, but anyway. that's okay. I'm not going to psychologize too much here, but I wonder if you self-sabotage on purpose. I probably, I'm kind of counter in that I mean, I kind of do that. Uh, I I do that too sometimes. Yeah, and I don't think I get as much of a thrill out of um, the accomplishment as maybe people like you do. Um, And I admire that. I kind of wish that I could get there, Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't count stuff off. Um, my sister, if she's listening, um, she loves to do like baby milestones and she'll mm-hmm. compare photos or like comparisons and look how far we've come. And it's just like you, Claire. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Hey, I don't feel like I'm that organized. I could be. It's not that I'm not that organized. It's just not something that I get a, a rush out of doing. Right. Um, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy celebrating with other people, but it's not really something that it's like, it's not, it's just not my jam. So I think for me, and I, we've talked a little bit about this and I, We'll try to link to it. I don't think you can have full access if you aren't a subscriber, but I wrote about for Legacy Magazine earlier this year, Mm. a rule of life. And it kind of falls into that same idea that you basically just want to take a look at like what it is you're aiming for. Like what kind of person do you want to be? And then think through like, in order for that to happen, what do you need to do annually, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily? What are those habits to build in? And so I think for me, making resolutions just ties into that. And I'm, I'm actually sitting here looking at my vision board in my little office. And it's this, it's just this overall mindset that I want to have and this overall vibe and feeling I want my life to reflect. And so I just, it's a way for me to be mindful of that and to pursue that and to work toward it and walk toward it in small digestible bites instead of waking up in a year or five years and like, what in the world? Like, how did I get here? Well, I can look back at my calendars and planners and goal setting sheets and see like, this is how I got here, good or bad. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's, and you know, I do that for work 
related stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of back to your point earlier about not taking care of yourself, right? Like your yeah. everyone else's needs seem to come first and you use this time as an opportunity for you to kind of centralize on mm-hmm. Claire and yourself. Um, hmm, maybe I should do, maybe I should do a belated resolution. You're <laughs> going to go to Hobby Lobby later and buy stuff and make a vision board <laughs> and you're going to just be up in your office or your attic just going crazy, oh. making it. I kind of gag. <laughs> no, I know. Well, and listen, I normally, this is the first time I've done an actual vision board. It was like an activity that one of the groups I'm a part of here, they had yeah. a night where they were like, everybody come do it. And I took my daughters and it was, you know, just kind of fun. I wouldn't have done that on my own. I felt like my little Instagram highlights were more than enough. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of fun. And I'll, I'll be completely honest. And others of you who are big goal setters and resolution makers, I'd love to hear from you. I will admit a hundred percent. It's a, it's a control measure for me. It's when my life feels like it's out of control sometimes, or I don't have control over certain things that I cling and grasp very tightly to my rituals and habits and resolutions. And I'll tell you this year we have a PCS coming and my eye is already twitching. And I will tell you like, that's part of why I've done this and like, it's a way to, to feel like false or not, you know, it's a way to feel like I've got some agency in my life. So I'll admit that. Oh, I like that though. Yeah. It's like little gold stars you're winning along the way that you can Mm -hmm. reflect back on and that's cool. Um, so I stumbled across another cool article that I wanted to share really quickly. So, um, this, uh, article focuses on the, why we can't, why we struggle to do things that are good for us is the name of it. And, um, they actually talked to Clayton R. Cook, who's a PhD, um, associate professor in the school psychology program at the college of education and human design, university of Minnesota. Woo. Um, so anyway, they, we're asking why do people work against their own well-being? Like, why is it so hard um, to do to have healthy habits? So yeah. he has three main reasons, and then a system, which we love acronyms. So I'm going to share that with y'all. Um, the first reason is lack of awareness, <clears throat> which is the whole reason that we have a podcast. <laughs> we're yep. trying to promote. We're trying to promote self awareness. So just being aware of your unhealthy habits. Um, and what your resiliency practices are is what he's calling it. So raising mm-hmm. awareness and providing alternatives can provide or inspire change. One thing too, and the, oh, I'm gonna throw another acronym, but I love it. Uh, the Suzanne Stabile and Ian Cron book, The Road Back to You, has this really great acronym in it, and it's a it's essentially a um sort of like a meditation measure that you can use when you're either when you're stressed out or just during the day, like throughout your, your normal schedule, it's called snap. So stop, notice, ask, pivot. So it's just something that I try to do. I do try to do as of just a behavioral thing. Like when I start Ooh. feeling myself getting stre- stressed out, it's not a resolution to do that. It's just something that I'm trying to incorporate. Um, but it's, you know, stop, like do a breathing exercise, stop, literally stop whatever you're doing. Um, notice how you're feeling. Ask yourself, you know, what am I believing right now? What is the story I'm telling myself? As yes, Brown that's great. Um, and then who would I be if I let go of those feelings is my favorite part of that. And then pivot is your intentional move to move in the direction that you've already kind of identified as a better mm-hmm. option for you. I love that. So that kind of, that kind of falls under the awareness umbrella or reason that we have a hard time. Um, okay. So back to cook. So reason number two is lack of permission. And this is exactly what you just talked about, Claire. Yep. Uh, we always fall last. <laughs> so um, give yourself permission 
to make yourself a focus. And then reason number three is all the obstacles and the roadblocks. So again, figure out what those are, identify them, expect them, um, Mm -hmm. and already have a plan of attack going forward. So what he proposes is this acronym called WHOOP. (laughs) Hang on a second. We've got... Snap. I know. I've got the, I love the one that's halt, the am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, or whatever. And then we've yeah, got, whoop. And you, and you brought up smart earlier. Smart. So. All the acronyms. I mean, what do you expect, people? PCS, I think you used earlier too. So, um, okay. So, whoop is to, is supposed to help increase your motivation. Um, so, he's calling it mental contrasting. Uh, and the acronym is W-O-O-P, is a visualization technique, and it helps people gain insight to their wishes um, and to clearly identify obstacles that stand in the way of realizing those wishes. So the W stands for wish. Um, So first, you have to get clear about your wish or desire. Um, So maybe it's you want to do morning yoga every day. That's what he's going to use as an example. Mm -hmm. The second O is visualize the outcomes. Well, what's the H? No, there's no H, just W-O-O-P. Okay. <laughs> Make it work. <laughs> okay. So W is with and then O-O-P. Yep. So what's the first O? Yeah. So the first O is outcomes. So visualize your outcomes. And we've already touched on this. Yeah. I think good outcomes and bad outcomes, but let's just go with the good outcomes. So what are you wanting to achieve? What's, you know, what's essentially your goal? So um, if you were to do yoga every day, your mind would be clearer, you'd have more defined muscle tone, and you'll have more energy. So go ahead and visualize that outcome. The second O is identify the obstacles. <laughs> okay, so that's easy enough to remember. Wish, outcomes, obstacles. Um, and then finally, oh, so he lists an obstacle. They can be internal or external. Right. So an obstacle could be, you want to watch another episode? He uses House of Cards. This might be a little dated, <laughs> but an episode, something on Netflix, instead of going to bed. Right. Um, that's an internal one. An external obstacle could be the family dinner that's full of fatty foods, right? right. That you attend, right? Okay. The final step is develop a plan. Um, so wish, outcome, obstacle, plan. I like it. Having having a plan will help you overcome the obstacles um, and stick to it and also reinforce the positive outcomes that you're achieving along the way. The small little wins, the small behavioral wins, you're able to see that. Um, and then, yeah, that's I, – so I, I think it's great. I want to be a little more meticulous about stuff like this. Um, I love your – examples, Claire. I'm going to try to live by those. I'm going to be you when I grow up. (laughs) Take take a little bit more inventory of um, what I'm actually achieving or maybe what I'm falling short on. I think that's always, it's a good thing in theory. So I need to try to put it in practice. Yeah. So would you say you have any advice for yourself then in this particular episode? I'm going to add whoop to my snap. There you go. Yeah. But is that measurable? How are you measuring that, Kelly? I'm not using smart. I'm using whoop. I know. But in, are you going to be able to measure whoop? How are you going to, are you going to pick something like think of a wish? What's one of your things you're going to aim for as an it example? One of things that I'm going to aim for, I, you know, I have some big goals that I wanted to like milestone goals that I wanted to get to. Um, you don't have to say what it is. I'm just yeah. curious. Is it personal or professional? Ooh, could be both. 
Okay. I'm personally interested, but it could benefit me professional. Okay. Professionally. Um, yeah, I do have a wish. Um, visualize outcomes. I can do that. I definitely know the obstacles. Um, the plan. That's probably the hardest part. I was going to so, say, that's the one that's going to take the, the most, you know, everything else yeah. is in your head. The P is the action. That's that's the yeah. doing. Yeah. That's smart though. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm going to write it down. That's awesome. What about you? you have one? You, you know, I think that I am going to give myself permission when we move, if not before then, to throw away my vision board. And I know that sounds Ooh. crazy, but um, number one, it's just a bunch of little pictures taped. I'll probably share it in Instagram stories whenever this episode airs. But, you know, it's it's fun. It was fun to make it. And all those goals are worthwhile and things that I am working toward. But in the end, like it's just a piece of paper and it's not who I am. And um, yeah, I can let it go. And I think too, for me, so many of mine are things that I'm maybe hoping to kind of accomplish before we leave. And I want to give myself the openness and the opportunity at our new place to just welcome that with open arms and no pressure or pretense or any of that. So I'm going to aim to work on it and then be okay to like toss it and welcome a new thing. And honestly, Claire, it's more stuff to tote with you. Yeah. <laughs> you need a purge. So yeah. I'm in favor of tossing that. Yeah. Take a picture. It'll exist forever on your Instagram. It will. It will. <laughs> and like I said, it's just a, um, you know, it's just an outward symbol of something I'm working toward. And I don't have to have a paper a checklist, but like ultimately mm-hmm. Claire is still clear with or without a vision board, with or without goals. And so I hold them loosely. I work toward them. I enjoy them, but um, it's not who I am. So I'm going to just cut myself some slack on you know, letting life happen. And if they they don't all work perfectly or fit perfectly or every box doesn't get checked or bubbled or whatever, no big deal. Um, okay, you guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Be sure to make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast player if you're catching us uh, for the first time because you want to make sure to catch us every Tuesday when we launch new episodes. Uh, we also want to remind you that we have a Patreon page where there is bonus content available that you should be interested in. Do you want to tell everybody what they're going to hear if they subscribe to Patreon or join Patreon between now and when this airs? Oh, I'm excited about this one. So yeah, if you haven't seen Little Women, go and watch it and then catch our expert review (laughs) and deep dive of all things Little Women. And I would say beyond expert review, I mean, we sound like Siskel and Ebert pretty much. (laughs) At least the Muppet versions of that. (laughs) Yeah, but we do really sound pretty scholarly. And I mean, you should definitely go see it and definitely subscribe and join Patreon. Either way, but it's a good one. Such a good movie. My daughter is like writing scripts now for plays. Like she's been, she was so inspired. I came upstairs, Claire, and she's like spread out on the floor in the hallway with papers all over the floor, just like that one. Just like Joe. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. So anyway, yeah, check it out, you guys. It's fun. Um, We produce those once a month and we'll try to drop little bonus episodes here and there when we have other things to talk about that uh, maybe NSP, not safe for podcasts. No, that's not a thing. Not suitable not suitable our parents (laughs) (laughs) unless they become patrons (laughs) so anyway check it out it's just patreon uh slash millsbogurus or patreon.com slash millsbogurus okay and we're around on social media so you guys be sure to tune in thanks for joining us this week on advice not given 
For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Millspo Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.